well, what do I find on that website? But on this day, a picture of my chickens. And the caption is, saw these girls walking down blank, blank, blank street. Anybody know who they are? So I click the comments because I'm like, I know who they are. <laughs> They're mine. <laughs> and when I click the comments, there is not one, not two, but three people already that are like, I'm pretty sure those are Steph's chickens. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I don't They're know. They're well-traveled. They are. They get and around. Is it without risk? No. But you know no. what? That's the life of free-range chicken. And honestly, this is not who I thought you'd be when you got chickens. When you got chickens, my biggest reservation was that you were going to love them too much. And keep them in, in my home. Yeah, either keep them in your home or just like panic about them constantly. So I just thought it was going to be bad news. You I've know? taken a real spiritual approach to this. Yeah, you're very just like you're letting you're letting the earth do what it will. I'm not lying when I say these chickens ground me, everybody. These but chickens like, also, keep me you from floating live away. On a busy road, so you're like, we're just going to let nature take its course. Like I mean, nature is not, <laughs> nature. you know, an F one fifty doing forty. Thanks for listening to Stay Rooted with your instant mom friends, Stephanie and Lauren. We're hosting the mom support group you'd never attend IRL. We are coming out of Thanksgiving break. That's what's happening right now. But it, yeah, whether or not we're crawling it's, out, <laughs> whether or not it's been a break is up for debate. We're still trying to figure that out. Break is a relative term. Will it break us? Let's find out. Marty broken. <laughs> yeah. Lauren's broken. Um, I I am coming out of a positive weekend. I I saw my entire, you know, immediate extended family. You know what I mean? Like it's like you're extended but only in arm's width, you know, yeah. like siblings, parents, those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Nothing outside of that realm. Yeah. So I had three of those this weekend. I was gonna say, but you have blended families. Yes, so. I have blended families and I had three versions of that this weekend, which every single one was um was good. Like each one was a good experience. But it, yeah. Going to three different places and the weekend with your children is a lot. Regardless. All I hear about that is like you got to redo mashed potatoes. So what I had to do over and over. What I had to do is I decided that I was just going to be a different version of my own self in each situation. So our first stop, <laughs> I was Cape Cod Stephanie. Oh, I love her. You know, she's flowy. She's kind of, you know, she summers on Cape Cod. She's got a summer house there, you know. A wide knit cable She knows sweater. about the, like, little birds that they protect on the beach. Oh, you know, yeah. that was my first Thanksgiving. <laughs> my second Thanksgiving, I was in, like, more of, like, small town vibe, okay? But then, like, most of my family over there, they're, like, cool little hippie people. So I was, like, country hippie stuff okay. on the second Thanksgiving. And I felt she cool. She brought her chickens. So <laughs> the thing that's cool for my... I brought my chicken earrings and my chicken energy to Ooh, that Thanksgiving. So I wore the chicken earrings chicken energy. to Thanksgiving number two. And so this is... The first one was my father-in-law's. This is my mother-in-law's. And so I was like, you know, I'm really going to go be like my chillest of selves to this Thanksgiving. Yeah. And because I have nothing but Thanksgivings to try out personalities on. So why not? <laughs> Just dabbling in the and holiday. I So one thing about 
about Lucas is that he has three older sisters, but two of his older sisters are have like a legitimate age gap. Like I want to say around 15 years older. So our nieces and nephews from those two sisters are in their 20s. Which is cool. It's super cool. And they are like some of my favorite people. I love them. I'm sure that you have met most, if not all of them. I think I've met all of them. And they are awesome. And the thing that makes them the most awesome is the way that they treat their four and six-year-old cousins. So Nora was living out her best pop star life uh, with her big cousins around her. And Lukey was just getting absolutely every and anything that he wanted because (laughs) nobody was going to tell him no besides me. So in that situation, I have these Gen Zs, okay? These are my niece and nephews. They are 20-something-year-olds. They are cooler than me, admittedly. Oh, 1,000%. Like it wasn't even a contest. No, you don't so, have to take a, a toll. And this a is toll, what I will say. <laughs> this is what I will say. When I walked in, okay, I'd, I had, or they walked in, whatever, they were wearing long flowy skirt. I was wearing long flowy skirt. I was like. <laughs> you were like, I nailed it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this old thing. <laughs> Who's cooler than me? I'm not me? a regular aunt. I'm a cool aunt. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that was super fun. And then those were both driving distances. That was the other kicker. But the third one was our local. My mom and dad kind of blended Thanksgiving, which is, you know, arguably the comfiest because it's 10 minutes away. Yeah. So it was the right order in which to end things, I think, because it kind of brought us, you know, to the shortest drive. Especially for a Sunday. For you a want Sunday. The commute to be short. Sundays never come down well. No. So, like, you know, we couldn't have done a commute on that day. Yeah. And people that don't have small children will always be like, let's do dinner on Sunday. And you're like, no. You're like, I don't want to see anyone after like, 5 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, like, and you don't. Especially my kids yeah, in public. You, exactly. You don't want to see my kids after 6.30 in public on, on Sunday. a Sunday. Like, it's not good. I'm just saying it's not good for humanity. No, and nobody's eating dinner. No. Maybe you are, but uh, you're just laughing at me chasing no. my children. Yeah, or you're annoyed by me. So just let <laughs> us stay home on Sunday night. That's that is all a, we ask. That is a full weekend, though. That was that a full is, weekend. That is the most Thanksgiving. My heart is full and but I'm tired. I'm real tired. <laughs> um, respectfully. We, respectfully. I love you guys to death. See you in Christmas, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, it was very fun. We had the best time. And I have eaten so many mashed potatoes. <laughs> I am literally, whatever percentage that you're usually water, I am mashed potato. I get that. Um, we had a ton of mashed potatoes left over from left over from my mom's house. And we've been very inventive. We've been heating them up different ways. We've been oh. like looking on TikTok like yeah, what do we do? What are with the these? kids doing? They're putting they're putting the stuffing in the in the waffle irons, which this information will be outdated by it, then. It always comes just back. Know. It always comes back to the Gen Zs, I swear. They're like, this is how you reheat your Thanksgiving. And honestly, we have come, we have been so like just in our little bubble this weekend. Yes. Um, I honestly have an egg brag. Like in our I think a couple episodes ago, I I <laughs> I did a very bad F. Mary kill of like, I made you 
choose between your homestead and something. Yes. But I was just like making reference to how many eggs you make. And yes. honestly, like I am I am egg rich now. Yeah, I love this like, for you. I don't even mind like this morning or rather yesterday morning, we made a cake using six eggs. And you were like, this ain't a thing. I didn't bat an eyelash. No, you were like, not a problem for me. I was like half a dozen. Yeah, huh. yeah. You know, you're looking this at is those nothing. Be- and now you are going to have that way about you walking through the Shaw's aisle, looking at the people being buying eggs, being like, couldn't be me. Yes. I flexed with my eggs on Thanksgiving, I will say, on Thanksgiving number two, um, because I was doing, you know, my chicken earring thing. I was like, what goes better with chicken earrings than deviled eggs? So I brought deviled eggs and they were very <laughs> well received. I, I had to spread the compliments back home to the girls and say... Good job. Did Good you job, get girls. their reaction? Um, yeah. So <laughs> they weren't available for comment at this time, but they seemed pleased with the response, I will say. They're not back till Monday. No, not till Monday. <laughs> Due they're, to the holiday They're week, still yes. on vacation. And um, one more thing on my chickens I have to say <laughs> is my chickens officially have like a stronger relationship with my neighbors than I do. Like they are known around the neighborhood and they are known around the Facebook. So (laughs) I don't know if this is something to be proud of or embarrassed, but over this last however many days. she looks proud. She's giving proud. Her cheekbones are high. (laughs) So she's smiling, as she recalls. So my girls, I let, you know, everybody's out in these grocery aisles wanting free-range eggs. Well, if you want free-range eggs, you know what makes those? Free-range chickens. So I know. I'm always so afraid I'm going to hit one of them. That's the price that you've got to pay <laughs> when you come and see me. You have to respect the chickens. <laughs> so they, so my girls, they typically, I let them out during the day if it's like reasonable weather out. And usually they go across our street into the woods and they just forage all day. They come back, happy chickens, happy eggs. You know, that's what I'm going for. And so they go out until it really gets dark. And so sometimes they they take a turn around the block and they just visit the neighbors and they just go for a little, an after dinner walk. You know, we've all done it. Truly free range. Yes, free range chickens. And <laughs> my neighbors, most of them know that they're mine and they think it's hilarious. And they've said that like, it does not bother them. You know, you do the whole thing. But the other day, there's a Facebook group and I won't say the name, but essentially it's the town I live in helping the town I live in is the name (laughs) of the group. So it's just people that live there saying, you know, hey, this is going on here. Look out for that. Putting up useless and useful intel. Well, what do I find on that website? But on this day, a picture of my chickens and the (laughs) caption is saw these Girls walking down blank, blank, Blake Street. Anybody know who they are? So I click the comments because I'm like, I know who they are. (laughs) They're mine. (laughs) And when I click the comments, there is not one, not two, but three people already that are like, I'm pretty sure those are Steph's chickens. (laughs) Like... And I'm like, I don't They're know. They're well-traveled. They are. They get and around. Is it without risk? No. But you know no. what? That's the life of free-range chicken. And honestly, this is not who I thought you'd be when you got chickens. When you got chickens, my biggest reservation was that you were going to love them too much. And keep them in, in my home? 
yeah, either keep them in your home or just like panic about them constantly. So I just thought it was going to be bad news. You I've know? taken a real spiritual approach to this. Yeah, you're very just like you're letting you're letting the earth do what it will. I'm not lying when I say these chickens ground me, everybody. These but chickens like, also, keep me you from floating live away. On a busy road, so you're like, we're just going to let nature take its course. Like I mean, nature is not, <laughs> nature, you know, an F one fifty doing forty. I'm just saying these girls they're gonna you know how our parents learn to swim because their parents <laughs> threw them in the pond this is me throwing my chickens i'm saying you pick the woods or you pick that busy road and you pick wisely and honestly if you lose Listen a couple up. if you lose a couple they'll the the survivors will tell the new ones they like, will hey, they'll hey, share they'll careful. spread the tales it'll be a cautionary the, tale the folklore will be spread my goodness <laughs> but anyways so that's that's been my that's been my kind of um my weekend in well, a nutshell i love that our weekend like i said we closed ourselves in we were we were so tight we me and lennon built a cake a five layer cake with six eggs because I have a I can do that attitude and yes. I've watched enough like and you is got it cake eggs like you're like I'm doing this. and I have eggs at my disposal yeah. so why not we had the type of week that left us dedicating Sunday to making a cake and it was honestly my fondest memory of the week because it was just focusing on being silly and pretending to be a game show but then being gentle on each other and we went back and forth and back and forth and even in the times where it was frustrating because baking with your six-year-old sounds cute you're the picture looks cute you can even have that stupid tower thing that they have the kids stand on that's I've a chair i've never had the tower and i've always wanted the tower <laughs> I've never had it either, but it doesn't seem necessary. So even if you have that, it's just it's still a mess. The yeah. mixer, everything, you know, but you're you're in the moment and you're deciding <laughs> to enjoy and not get stressed out by yeah. it. But yeah, like you we just needed, threw half of the mix. Yeah, we needed that slowdown because this week was hard. Beyond. This week was so hard. So it was Thanksgiving week, yeah. um, and we were traveling home on Sunday from what was a beautiful weekend. Um, and Sunday, we just knew that Alaska, my one-and-a-half-year-old, just wasn't right. She was sick. She was tired. Um, there's one thing about a sleeping baby on a plane is nobody questions it. They're no. like, that baby's so good. Yeah, what a good baby. And you're like, this baby's like lethargic. You're like, this baby's lethargic in a suspicious kind of way. Yeah, and I mean, we are flying in November, so that comes with its own, you know, flavorful, viral, Yeah, you know. Those airplanes <laughs> can only do so much. And like, quite literally, our connect, because that was the other thing, our flight got switched from a direct flight to one with a stop. And quite literally, our second connector was just like filled with ill children. It was borderline a med flight because every single kid on it was sick. And it's just like, it's such a discouraging season for that. Yeah. And it's also because of the holidays and everything around it, it's a very like, you're very visited. You're very, you're out there because... That's what we're doing right you're now. You're out there and you're inside. So it's just like the perfect cocktail for like that wintertime sickness, fall, winter kind of yes. thing. Yes. And 
on the second flight home, I just knew that she just wasn't right. And we basically decided that once we landed, we were either just going to go to the nearest hospital or we were going to see how she did. And we were going to go home, drop off um, my husband and my older daughter. And Mm -hmm. then I would just bring her to like our local emergency room because we'd also been traveling all day. Right. And, you know, we have a six year old. So So it's not just the needs of one child. You know, it's not fun. So we, you know, we get home. We're like find our car in the parking situation that is the airport and we pay the million dollars to get it out of the lot. (laughs) And we're like, you know what? We're going to get her home. She had a bottle. Well, we got home and she just, like I said, like I am a medical professional. Mm -hmm. I can do a quick assessment. I can overthink my assessment on my child over and over again. I'll downplay it. I'll overplay it. I'll downplay it. I'll upplay it. Mm -hmm. But there is a pit feeling whether you are a medical professional or just a parent yep. or just a guardian of somebody that isn't right sometimes yeah. that you get, that you know that you have to get to where, like, you are not, it's past your control. It, like, lives in your gut. And that's the only way that I can describe it is that it felt like I was not going to be the solution for her You had anymore. no choice. You were like, I'm going. And that is my threshold to going to the emergency room because part of having a medical professional parent is that you don't go to the emergency room unless there is a treatment that needs to be put out yeah. that they cannot do in the comfort of their own home because yep. they are going to try to delay mm-hmm. going in. It's just nature. And when we got to the emergency room, I remember just crying. I mean... She was so lethargic and she was just not herself. And everyone's like, well, you know, and the doctor started like kind of describing the common cold to me and the symptoms and, you know, how to treat that with rest. And, you know, we've all heard it. We've all heard rest and fluids. And I'm like, this just isn't her. She's not staying awake long enough to drink anything. And I looked at him like, this is not her yeah and he was like okay and he did he ordered iv fluids they were so they were so receptive to what i was saying which meant so much to me Mm -hmm. um the nurses went above and beyond from the very beginning and the whole care staff and like the pediatric er that we're fortunate enough to live near that you know i know not all emergency rooms have that type of situation where you're totally triaged into pediatrics right away Mm -hmm. um and they were just very caring and focused and tried to learn the songs to moana when alaska was getting an iv and i mean we're going from driving home and her drinking a bottle to her getting an iv and i haven't even changed my you have jacket even, yeah like your hair is still done from the night before yes underneath my like beanie you have not even gotten to just adjust any part of your body to what's going on and I don't know if I still have but I'm working on it I took the whole weekend to do it but yeah so at this point it's such that like you're just like I'm in this yeah I it's have adrenaline. to be here And there's nowhere else that I can be right now, so I'm going to sustain this. Well, then my one-and-a-half-year-old ended up vomiting on herself. Mm -hmm. So now I have to let my husband know that she has no clothing to go home in because the plan was after her getting fluids and her getting medicine that she would go home. Yeah. Um, And she did. She perked up. It was 
awesome. But my husband had to then come out with my six-year-old to bring clothing because I forgot to pack the bag. Because you just got off a plane. And honestly, because I just got off a plane and my clear brain can think that. But all I'm I'm thinking about is my failures, is what I've failed on. That I, why did I let her get this sick? Why didn't I bring a change? Like right down to why didn't I bring a change of clothes? Like yeah. because you're exhausted because and you've you been are traveling, running. yeah, and you have valid reasons to all of your because your because always has a valid ending. Yeah, there's always something that comes after because. But your your guilt just chews up to I the know. next the next bigger or smaller minute detail. Absolutely. Um. So yeah. So at that point, I was full on spiraling. Kenny looked at me, and we're sitting there in the emergency room, and he's like, "You girls are so strong, and you're gonna you're gonna get through this, and we're all gonna be home together." And I was like, "I." believe you right now and I'm like okay like I'm trying my best this is a lot Mm -hmm. because you watch your little tiny person be so brave and but you don't even want them to be in this and you don't even want them to be you don't want them to have to be you don't even know how to support them being brave you know because they don't they lack an understanding that you have but at the same time you're trying to sell them on this understanding that you don't even that you don't even that believe that you don't even believe that you don't even you believe. know you know the rationale but you don't believe what you're saying That's you're the like whole you're thing. okay you're okay That's the whole thing with being a mom sometimes you almost feel like you're lying and you're like that's where some of the guilt lies within you're like I don't even believe that everything's going to be okay but like I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that it is but like How? Yes. And you don't have that answer. And I'm sitting there in this emergency department bay, and I'm like, I'm still thinking to myself, like, did I make the right choice coming here? And then the nurse finally came in, and she's like, oh, we found the culprit. It's RSV. And I was like, fuck off. Yeah, of course. And honestly, like, RSV was not on my radar. I mean, it should be on everyone's radar right now. It's... Don't touch the babies. I mean, in my circumstance, I have a toddler. They touch everything. Yeah. But in a small baby standpoint, because during my hospitalization, I saw lots of teensy babies. Yeah. Um, I just feel as though just leave the babies alone. Absolutely. But RSV was not on our radar because it wasn't really presenting as respiratory. Mm-hmm. She was more just like having an upset stomach throwing up randomly, coughing, Mm -hmm. more of like a sinus cold, like, but RSV was not something, it wasn't on my bingo card for this year. And let me tell you, that night was the start of a five-day blur. Yeah. (laughs) Because we got to go home. Like, we got to go Pre- home that kind night. Of. Kind so you of. you went home one night. We went, went home. Yeah, we went home one night. And you she was that. doing well. She got the fluids. And one thing about children is their symptoms come and go abruptly. Yeah. Um, In a scary way at yeah. times because they're so small. Their circulatory system is, is so small. It makes sense. It's just all more compact and it's quicker. Yeah. Um, And... She was up, like she got the fluids, she got some medicine. They were like, you know, she just got dehydrated and that made sense to me. I'm like, we traveled, she was out of her element, she was sick, she got a little run down and she needed some fluids to boost her up and now we can just maintain. Yes. Well, that night she was up vomiting, 
she wasn't right again. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so in the morning, they're like, you know, call your pediatrician. They give you the spiel. Like, call yes. your pediatrician and follow up with them. This isn't my problem anymore. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And they were wonderful. They even said, like, they gave me the option to go home. They said she was a borderline admission. Mm-hmm. Um, basically said that if we maintain the fluids, we should be good. Um, and they said, if you want to come back to the emergency room, tell them that we already had you tonight and we'll, like, kind of streamline the process yeah. of getting you back in. So that at least felt comforting to me right. going and home. you live very close, so it's like you're like, okay, that's reasonable enough for us to go home tonight. Yes, exactly. I mean, if it was a two-hour drive, I would have maybe said, hey, can we stay the night? Yes. So that Circumstances morning. Circumstances yeah, made that, sense. That morning, I follow the doctor instructions of calling. You know, you have to be the adult that calls the doctor's office. Yeah, no I, one ever wanted to be that. I never... I never. I never I said never asked when I want to. When I grow up, I want to be the one that calls the doctor's office. I never said that. I like should have <laughs> said like like in marriage in my vows. Like I vow to never be the one <laughs> to schedule an appointment. My I marriage. Do. I been, don't. My marriage would have been off yeah, right there. That would have been the end of it. <sighs> but so I called and I. I mean, I was looking at her. I got my six year old ready for school and Alaska was just like a rag doll like she was just on the couch just falling asleep sitting up not putting her bottle in her mouth her eyes were all sunken in I'm like this baby is terribly dehydrated yeah. I'm looking at her belly her she's retracting when she breathes I'm like we have to go back to the hospital but yeah. I do the adult thing of calling the doctor's office first mm-hmm. because one thing about the emergency room is that it should be used as a tool, but if you are being triaged in a way that they want you to seek other care, yeah, you should also try to call that other care before just triaging directly back to the emergency right. room. So I tried that, and I called, and I gave her symptoms, and I'm not going to lie. I was like, I'm a little scared of where she's at right now, yeah. and they said, honestly thank you for calling, but we would not like to see yeah, you, as I her, knew they would. Bring her, but it was just kind of uh, going through the process. Yes, and it was also me, like, addressing the fact that she was so sick. Yeah. Because, of course, I knew she was so sick. And, of course, you're trying to get the care that they need. But as you're getting the care that they need, they're getting sicker, and you're yeah. trying to address it, And it's but it's so acute that, like I said, they're so small, they're crashing so fast. Yeah. And it felt like somebody was holding like an hourglass above my head mm-hmm. and that everything else was slowing down except for this situation. I, I know that feeling very much so. So I literally left my mom, went to bring... Did I, I don't even know if I brought Lennon to school. No, I didn't. She brought Lennon to school, I mm-hmm. believe. Maybe. I think so. <laughs> I think so. And I just went to the hospital with the baby. And we got back in line. And we were in an empty ER waiting room. And the one thing about the ER is it is very unpredictable. Yeah. Like so that's Powerball. the best case scenario for That was Sunday room. night. Monday morning. Oh. ER waiting room is different. Yeah. It's the people that said, we can get through the weekend. Yeah, we'll be okay till the morning. (laughs) And they weren't. No. So it's us in a full waiting room. 
And it is legitimately the same staff from the night before. Like, they are, and they are perky. They're like, we went home. I'm like, you're lying. I was yeah. only home for, like, five hours. There's no way you went home. There's no way you were. I can't remember what clothes you're wearing. But it was it was probably that. And they were honestly so warm, so sweet. They held us out in the waiting room until we could get a private room because they knew that Alaska had RSV. Yeah. Um, they got us going right away. They got blood work. They listened to me. Um, they listened to me. Like yeah, that's, period. Yes. And in the background at this point, I had called Kenny. I had told him, you know, I'm bringing this baby back to the hospital. He's like, do you think they're going to admit her? I'm like, I think they're going to admit her. I mean, mm -hmm. at least overnight. She's still lethargic. She's not bouncing back. Something's got to give. Well, they do blood work. And something that never crossed my mind is her blood sugar was mm -hmm. low. Her blood sugar came back at 56. So right away, they're like, we're putting fluids on her, but we're not, you know, giving her any sugar for yeah. her to be able to bounce back. So now they give her quite literally sugar yeah, via IV. So now you're like, oh, my God, you just gave my baby sugar. Yeah. Right? And you've seen this baby Through in their her. veins. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like. It feels weird. It feels wrong. Yeah. And it feels like we're all going to pay a price. Yeah. And I. It never. That baby did not come up from it. No. They then checked her sugar every six hours and made sure that it was stable. Um, and they gave her fluids. And from that point on, we were triaged into the hospital. Um, and everybody was like, it's going to be a night. It's going to be a night stay. And, you know, and you mm -hmm. you work yourself up to the next thing because you have to. You're in a survival mode that you're like you're being pushed in in every direction. And every once in a while, you're taking a, a step back in a, in a deep breath for yourself, but more so for your little person mm -hmm. to make the right choices. But it's such a blurred experience because you are just trying to get to the next thing. Yeah. And you're scared. And while you're doing so it. scared. And they are so scared. And they're watching you stand by and allow for it and assist with it. I mean, I'm a nurse. So if somebody is trying to get an IV, I'm going to help you hold right. her arm. I'm going to help you. And even as a mom, like, I've done that like I've done that too. Like you're like, I will do whatever you need me to. Yeah. Like and I'm I, not gonna sit exactly. here and just watch. Like you don't ever take a back yeah, seat. And I'm watching you like use your two hands to their full ability. So like I'm obviously gonna try, like yeah. you said, just mom instinct. I'm gonna try to lighten yeah. the load the best I can. Or at least at um, the very most get in their face and try to calm them down for them. Yeah. And like there were a few things that just I mean, I had to step away from the moment that Kenny had called me and and left work and come because I was like at first I was like I think I can handle it on my own and then yeah. once they said she was being admitted I'm like I don't think I can handle and it on the, my own and you shouldn't have to if you don't have to you no know? so he stayed with me the entire time but there were times where we'd be really strong and Alaska who's a year and a half would be like which I can barely like say out loud, she would say, help me mm -hmm. to us and address us by name. And we would come right to her side. But there were certain times where I was right at her side and it was so hard that I would have to be like looking at my husband, like you have to tap in and I have to tap out because I can't be strong for myself right now. That's like, how am thing. I going to be strong for her? 
But that's like a I thing can't. I think of parents. Like, I don't think you can be, and that's the thing with tapping out. Like, you have to sometimes. Yeah, you really do. And there's something that happens when you're in the hospital and you're staying there. And even if you've just stayed for happy reasons, you know, maybe maybe you, you had a baby or you got yeah. your little nasty appendix out, yeah. you know? <laughs> like you just kind of live there for a little bit. Yeah, if you've lived there for more than 24 hours, there's a certain level of comfort that comes with being in the hospital. Yeah, you build a rapport. You build a rapport. You're like, yeah. oh, there's Jesse. Yeah. He's so silly, you know? And you're like, usually the thing that's interesting to me is that you're usually on the other side of that rapport. But yes. you, were, you were on the other side of it. So I feel like you got a different perspective if, if there is anything light to come of the situation, you got to see what good care, like, oh, and yes. what, like, yes. advocating and on both sides, like you've talked about before. Yes, and one thing that's obnoxious when you work in a medical facility and then people find out that you work in a medical facility or they just find out that you are a nurse or you're an, an NP or whatever your status is in the medical community because then they start giving it in rapport. Yeah. You're like, this is mom. She's a nurse. And you're like, oh. Yeah, you're like, but can you still just treat me like, <laughs> like mom? Because this still, is hard. I'm a cool mom. Yeah. Like, stop it. Don't, yeah. don't put titles on my name. Yeah. And there is a certain level of like, I don't want you to think I'm obnoxious. Yes. I want you to like me. You're going to like me. But also, I want you to give it to me the same way that you would to anybody else. Exactly. And I don't want your skills. I don't want you to feel intimidated. I don't know what you're doing. I don't want you to feel intimidated yeah. by me. I'm the mom here. I'm going to lay in this mom bed and eat Cheetos and cry. Absolutely. You know, don't expect anything I'm nursey not, from I'm me. not a nurse right now. I'm at my lowest. <laughs> and let me tell you that this was, I was at my lowest. I saw my poor one and a half year old go through so much. And I was like, you know, you're in a, you're in a precautions room. So you're quite literally like in this tank. Yeah. With just my baby who is miserably sad and sick. Yeah. And my husband who's also just trying to survive this. Yeah. Um, so we really leaned on the nurses and the staff in general. And they were the best, most receptive group of individuals that I could have hoped to care for my child. Um, I, without them, don't know what would have happened and I'm just really thankful that we had the team that we did for her. And even though everything seemed like as it was happening, time felt like it was the enemy. Like timing was just so poor on everything. We had so much guilt. Like I said, we were like, if this wasn't the timing that it was, then it would be different. Mm -hmm. If the flight was this, then it would have been this. But like you can't, but it, it doesn't when fix it anything. came down to her getting care and her being watched and her being advocated for, the timing could not have been better. Right. Um, and I have to just thank Flip it. the nurses and the specialists and everybody that made that experience feel like it could be normal and tolerable because those are the people like when we were just saying like you're like there's a certain level like hey did you yeah. restock the apple juices like those that is not the facility that you're in that was right. updated in 1984 like right. let me tell you it's not the kitchen fridge no. that's making you feel warm and cozy it's the people Absolutely. that are peeling back that layer of like 
my baby just got an IV and an arm board, which if you've ever seen your baby in an arm board, if you can get past the fact that they hate it so much is they're so cute they're trying to wipe their nose with their straight little arm it's the worst but also a little cute yeah because everything's so small the tiger johnny (laughs) is cute right like it is everything that's miniature is cute so even the miniature medical supplies you're like oh but then you're like that's an airway i hate that that is right i hate it i hate that that has to exist i hate that that has to exist in that size like it just shouldn't but But, if it does at least it's adorable (laughs) so cute yeah but yeah, I feel as though they peeled back that layer for me where it didn't feel so medical. It felt like they were giving my child opportunities in this terrible time. And like, what a light to have in this world. Like, I don't even want to say like in this field, in this place, in this world, yeah. that there are people that will look at you and look at your family and see something that's very standardized. You know, care is standardized. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a way that it should be done. There's qualities and there's competencies and there's a way that it should be done and it should be carried out so that there are successful, you know, goals mm-hmm. and endings. Um, but for them to just go above and beyond and not just meet her care needs, but also just exceed them and make it so that like me and my husband at the end of every day with our daughter in the hospital in a little high-tech hospital crib near us we're smiling at the end of each day that takes a team of people absolutely and i have to say that like like i said they were singing moana um they noticed that because like i said she had a lot of ups and downs we were supposed to stay one night yeah right you had my dog i did you adopted my dog at that point my dog changed his last name he did he moved in with us for a while which so i had queso and honestly i think like now she has sent us down a dangerous path because now my husband is back on the pug train. He is downloading Pet Finder. But yes, we had queso. And like you said, when we go through these times, they are not planned for. No. You have to just lean on people around you to help you get things done. And that's why it's so important to sa- surround yourself with the people that will take care of you and the things that you need. Yeah, and the people that will, like I said, you were just like, you were just had my dog. And the ups and downs were so up and down that I would like send you a picture and I'd be like, I think we're getting out of here. And then the doctor would come in, Alaska would kind of crash. There were times where she needed oxygen at one point. Um, She would just be lethargic, not herself. But there was a point where she was on the second day up, with her IV pole, we were running back and forth, back and forth. Our nurse appeared with a little tyke's kitchen, like a full-blown little tyke's kitchen. She was like, I just saw her playing with the buttons at the end of the bed, and I wanted her to be able to play with something. Because if there's a thing about a year and a half old, they they require some distraction, some stimulation you know they can't just sit in those four walls and be contained if they perk up even a little bit and at that point that was the first time she perked up and I think she really had come too fully to like know where the heck she she was just like what's that what's that what's that and I'm like oh 
Welcome. You're in yeah, the hospital. You're in the hospital. <laughs> nice of you to join me. You really are like a like you're like a bad frat club friend. Yeah, like. she was blacking out a bit in like a way that nobody thought was funny. It was you know. You're yeah, like, you're like this is not fun. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's, she was yeah, and when she'd have those periods, I'd be like, I think we're gonna get the dog today, and then you would seamlessly just be like, forget it, it's not yeah. gonna happen, and I'd then like, that's boom. my dog now. So yeah, so bring us all the way to Thanksgiving. So yeah. now I've had standards and thoughts and ideas and plans for my family, but you know what? RSV said no, not today. You're gonna you're Happy gonna do holidays. some team building inside of this hospital yeah. room with your husband. Yep. We had a lot of jokes about prison. <laughs> <laughs> Luke and I were throwing we a lot some of would you bets. rather's your way. We're like, let's give them a game to play. Yeah. You know? We even watched a few. Yeah, we'd play your games until we'd pass out. And yes. that was the thing is that like there'd always be like this one thing before you'd go to bed because if you have children, you know that historically they are just much sicker at bedtime. Yes. For some reason, science. Everybody hates it. So there'd just be like something that would have to happen right at bedtime. We'd yes. be like so tense. on edge. Yeah. We'd be so tense. We're like, we're never going to sleep. And then we'd like, it's just like, I'd text you or we'd start a Netflix show. And then we'd just like, your thumb turn is all, to still jello. on the phone screen. Yeah. So we watched um, one of the things that we did watch when we were like, because our nurses were just, the best as I said and they like we got a real rapport with them because my husband also likes to be liked by everyone <laughs> and my husband brought an acoustic guitar into the hospital because so he really wanted to be liked by everybody he was the John <laughs> Mayer of our droplet precautions room oh, three. <laughs> so he was you know we just always had a rapport so we were like it's date night so we were laughing and everyone's like what are you gonna watch and we like went through all of these options that we could watch we were talking with different staff we're getting these recommendations we landed on matt rife stand up oh my gosh and you know what a waste of a date night because Seriously. you already know where i stand with matt i know rife. Luke I, don't and I watched stand with a him. part of it as well and we're like no so i decided Sorry, no. that he's trying to give like a raunchy like sean hunter yeah i'm right? just not here for it. it's just not for me it's not my brand no it's like a five below sean hunter and i, I hate stand it with pete I stand with Pete, and I don't know if that is still a real argument or one it that we're making have to, up. It doesn't even have to be to anybody but us, but I'm just going to say. And honestly, some of his jokes, I was like, eh. Yeah. Eh. And I didn't want to be like, you know, he's always like, I'm just seeing if you guys are still fun. Yeah. And like, but he made a joke about crystals. Yeah. And he called that, he said, put down the pebbles. And I was like, I was like I'm oh, out. Yeah, I'm out. I'm done with you. Me and my pebbles. Out. <laughs> I'm done with you. He did say he loves old people, and I'm like, same. Yeah, but like, okay. But yes, yeah, so that was our one thing that we watched. We decided to use it on Matt Rife, and I was like, I'm unimpressed. Yeah, that could have been used for better. Yeah, so but you did watch it. We watched part of it and then tuned out. Yeah, we, tuned out. we passed out, but we didn't revisit it, much <laughs> no. like everything that we watch. And I've only watched Girl Interrupted since. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it was really... It was just a totally draining experience. And then for it to come all the way to Thanksgiving. And like I said, we were just taking it in one day increments for four days. Yeah. And for it to come all the way to Thanksgiving and then her just be perked up, feeling like herself. And it just felt like things were back 
to a normal trend. Yeah. Whereas, like I said, you have those peaks and valleys that I'm sure you felt when you had Lukey hospitalized that, like, you're like, oh, yeah, like, this is a really good point, but nobody's like everyone's like don't get excited like you know and there was those points that they're like yeah they have like these peaks but like they're gonna have valleys absolutely there was um there was a moment because when lauren was going through all this i was having a lot of feelings of my own because one i was worried about alaska like first and foremost but secondly it was just hitting a lot of Feelings with me having also gone through like having a kid hospitalized before in an emergent kind of way. So I was feeling very much those kind of reminiscing feelings on top of the fact of it being like the same time of year that it happened for us as well two years ago. So I was already kind of in the mindset of getting into that you know, trying to revisit those thoughts and feeling if I could. And there was a day when you sent me a message and you were like, I could hear it in your voice that you were like, like everything in the universe is there to break you. But there was a part of you that was like, you know, Laska's going to eat yogurt in the morning and waffles. And you were excited because the thing that you were holding on to and looking forward was that your baby was going to eat the next day. And I was like, I remember when Lukey had spaghetti the first time after, you know, and like that moment. And I think like not that I unfortunately, this is one of the commonalities I wish we didn't have to share living through a kind of trauma with your kid. Um, But I will say that there are some moments from it that like reflectively now you're like instead of being like, you know, if we did that and what if that and what if that you're like. I knew that we needed to go. Yeah. I knew that we needed to stay. I knew to go back. Yes. My gut was right. Like, you said something when you were just talking and you said um, they listened to you. And unfortunately, when we started Lukey's hospitalization journey, they didn't listen to us. Which is why I mention it, because it is a it is a key factor in the story Absolutely. that I was listened to. Absolutely. And unfortunately, you never we will never know if it is because you have a medical background. We won't know if it's because Lukey is nonverbal and presents differently. We don't know why. Yeah, we don't know why. But no. what we do know is that like. When it comes to knowing your kid, no person in any title will ever know your kid better than you. And that's why no. it's like they didn't listen to us, but we said, hey, we're going to keep yelling it at you until you do because we know something is wrong. Yeah. And so that sometimes was, it goes that way. Yes. And even during our hospitalization, of course, there's a plan put in place, but then, you know, things change and sometimes things aren't changing and we were put on this fluid sugar IV management thing for over 12 hours. And our night nurse was like, hey, I feel like she should just be like perkier by now. And yeah. I was like, honestly, I have been feeling that and been kind of like starting to hint that that like, when is this going to be like the yeah. right amount that she's rehydrated? Like, is it something else going on that's kind of wiping her out? And she was the first one to just, like, push right on the doctor and be like, hey, what are we doing? He came right in. It was 1 o'clock in the morning. And like I said, me and Kenny are all, like, 
razzed up and we're like, we're never going to sleep. And then the we weird cry. Thing. When you live in a hospital room, people just open the door and walk in. And as like a typical like human, you're not used to people like opening your bedroom door and like coming in. Yeah. And the, and, but like by night three, you're like, oh, hello. You know, like, I okay. think my husband like secretly hates it a little bit that I am very comfortable in the setting. Like I know where <laughs> things are. I'm like, I know where the, how the lights work. Like, yeah. And that's not where I want to be. Like, no. I don't. It, not it in this particular me. scenario, especially. It annoys me that that is the one setting. That is a generic setting. You yeah. know, we're not all getting different levels of that environment. Yes. You know, and I know it very well. And of course, once they give the report that, oh, this is so-and-so, she's a nurse. And I'm like, oh, don't say that about me. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's not even <laughs> true. Like, don't believe she it. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me out of this. I um, get that. Once they give that, there's a certain way that they speak with me. And like you said, sometimes I feel as though I'm at such a loss as the parent when I'm explaining myself that I'm like, oh, do I just have the upper hand because I am a medical professional right. and I can take a step back and at least look at it from a disease process standpoint? Yeah. Because when I look at it from my from my kid and a feeling standpoint, I'm a ball of mush. Right. Which so, is what most moms have to lean on is yeah. just the mush. So I can kind of like separate it separate into my two little jelly even diagrams suck it in real quick and yeah. just be like okay this is who i need to be right now and i need to ask the right questions and then like i said every once in a while i need to leave but that's a certain level of masking that is the most exhausting yeah. took me days to come back from and i still am a little hollow within my shell like i just didn't ever think that i would be that parent in that hospital room watching my child be sick. And what an ignorant thought to cross my mind that I couldn't be her. I know. Because I feel as though once you have children, you You're live like, with I this. You're like, I love this thing so much I wouldn't allow it. And but you, you don't, you, you can't control it. You live with this constant internal, like intrusive gamble of like the shit that you would do for them right yeah. the shit that you do like there is crazy things that I would do for my it's children would you rather all the time in my head and I always would rather I'm, I'm always, always gonna, gonna do it I'm gonna rather and <clears throat> when it comes down to things being out of your control it's fucked up it's so fucked up it's so helpless it's so empty and it's so lonely and my heart goes out to anyone that's had to feel it for a day, an hour, constantly, however long your timeline of that feeling like you are just out of control of your just kids out being of okay. Control of your kids being okay and being in a in a situation where you are quite literally handing them over to professionals that you hope have got this and that are giving you the confidence hopefully it's the worst to feel like they've, it, they, they've got it even them being the best most educated person the worst in the world there is nothing worse i remember so when lukey was hospitalized he had to undergo two procedures like it was fucked up like what we ended up being um taken in an ambulance to boston children's i've said before they are incredible but yeah. it was an incredibly traumatic time he was also having respiratory things going on but his head was cocked off to the side and everybody just thought it was 
a nerve thing. You know, they were giving him muscle relaxers. They were like, he twisted something, he pulled something. And it just, like you said, wasn't sitting right in my stomach. I'm like, this just isn't right. Like, and now come to learn, like, I've learned so much from and since that experience, like, for one, that many people and children with autism have higher um, levels of pain tolerance. Yeah. And not to mention that when reacting to pain, it's not always in the way that someone who is neurologically typical reacts to pain. So sometimes, you know, when someone's like, oh, he's laughing, he's happy, it's like not necessarily. It's very nuanced. And I can't speak for Lukey and what he's feeling, but just being that I'm someone who's with him all the time, I just have a better grasp on what is out of his realm of okay. Yeah. So when all of these things happened, it just, I think you felt the same way as in like, every time, you know, you're in a situation, there's the worst case thing that could happen. And like, typically that's not what happens. That's what like you build up in your mind to happen. But sometimes it feels like that just keeps happening. Yeah. And of course I know like retrospectively, I am so lucky. Lukey's okay. You know, he healed from that. Alaska is healing. She's getting better. We're so lucky. But that doesn't take away the pain and the fear and the trauma and the healing that takes time exactly and there's a certain level of like when something bad happens you comfort the other person you comfort your little person and you tell them that it's going to be okay and then you move forward and when your child is hospitalized that bad thing just keeps happening it's all different types of bad things it's good people it's bad people it's it's assessments it's tests it's I'm holding her down so that she can get suctioned. It's it's so many bad things. And I feel as though me and her have not been allowed the come down of just being together and being told that it's okay. Yeah. And we're still waiting on that. And I hope that we get that this week where we can just kind of breathe together and, and know that it's okay. Yeah. I was so fortunate for my husband to be beside me the entire time. Um because like I said, when I couldn't be there 100% for my child, he could. And I know that not everyone would have that luxury. And we are totally, totally thankful to be in a position where we could do that. Absolutely. Um, And even my six-year-old, she's going through a really hard time that we've talked about. And we're really not sure where it's coming from. But she was able to stay with my parents in a way that left her unaffected by it. Yeah. And that is such a gift. And there's so many things that, like you said, it sucks so bad that it happened. And it's so silly of me to think that it couldn't have happened. And I will be such an advocate for anyone that it may happen to in the future, you know, that needs a a voice that says it's okay to like lose your shit because it totally is. Like we said, we are going to mark it. And if it happens, I'll be so mad, but like a smash room that goes to children's hospitals and just lets parents break things. Yes. Where can we get the funding for that? I've been looking, (laughs) I've been looking, I've been looking because let me tell you, I was just looking at like a, glass window like I just want to freaking literally can I just crash through this like the Kool-Aid man I want to throw an axe at this crash cart right now yes and then and then there's this there's this sort of like we've said it before the corny like you know rose from the concrete thing that 
you just are adapting to that scenario and because now you don't have a choice not to yeah and you're what just are you gonna do you're angry because you're you're mourning like what you should be doing and yeah. what should be happening and you're not even able to enjoy what just happened because you're there but you're you have to slow down and you think like okay, there's little wins here. Yes. Like, so the day she played, we played. We got on the freaking hospital floor, which is probably what got us into this fucking mess. <laughs> I know. But we were back on the floor. Like I said, the the nurses were bringing things in, toy after toy. Alaska quickly became a local celebrity on the mm -hmm. pediatric floor. Everyone wanted to meet with her, play with her, do the pound it with their fist, see if she'd boop them or not. You know, they were like, you are the one that loves Moana. Yes. And they quite literally, I know I've already said it, but they tried to learn the lyrics to Moana Stop. before coming in to like do certain interventions just yeah. so that they knew. And there were just a team of women that like were just totally geared towards just making Alaska comfortable. And she did get comfortable. That's the fucking crazy part. Yeah. Like these little humans because are in these terrible situations and they're just like, you know what? I'm going to pivot. I'm going to adapt. And not to mention, I have a board like, on my arm now. These second children, especially. And that's the thing where I want to give our Donnie's a little extra grace because sometimes we're hard on them because they are hard on us, but they are hard on us because they grew up not being the only child, not being the first child. They are the child that has to dodge around the older sibling. They are the child that has to sometimes wait longer than the first child had to wait for a bottle. Yeah. You know, this child gets knocked around and gets less neck support because it has an older sibling trying to hold them in a really sketchy way. <laughs> so, like, these second children, yes, they do probably knock some time off of our lives, but they also are just some of the, like, strongest and probably most terrifying people that we have ever going to know in this world because they were built that way. Absolutely. Laska does this thing now that when she gets hurt, if somebody doesn't immediate really, immediately react because... Let's be fair. The house is loud sometimes. So if she kind of takes a little tumble and Not like to mention, scrapes she gets, her knee. She gets, she's falling more She'll than go, once a day. I is okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such like a second child you know energy. Because you is going to be okay too, Lauren. She is okay. She is. We're all okay. And we're getting through it. Yeah. And we're coming down from it. And we're eventually going to release our shoulders and breathe. Yeah. But for right now, I just want this to be a PSA to anyone that is thinking that they are bigger than the viruses this season. You are not. Yeah. Stay away from the babies. Stay. Try to keep your babies off the floor, yeah. but we know you can't, you can. and it's okay. It's gonna happen. And but trust your gut. Like trust if your gut. Any message to this? It is absolutely. You know your kid better than anybody else and don't let anybody tell you when it's time to stop talking because this time is never. Yeah, and you're always going to, whether you are in the medical field, whether you are a first-time mom or a veteran mom, you are always going to have to be involved in your child's care Absolutely. when it comes to them getting what they need. So I'd rather you prove me wrong than just not try. Absolutely. Every absolutely. time. But I am definitely, I don't even know what I said on this episode, we are but thankful. I'm leaving it at the door and yes. I am so damn thankful. That is the whole thing. That there this is fucking Thanksgiving <laughs> week is over. over. <laughs> Bye Thanksgiving. I hope you're better next year. Be better. Thanks for listening to Stay Rooted with your instant mom friends, Stephanie and Lauren. 
We're hosting the mom support group you'd never attend IRL. Let's DIY our way through parenting and grow together in this wild, wild world. And remember, we're rooting for you. For right now, I just want this to be a PSA to anyone that is thinking that they are bigger than the viruses this season. You are not. Yeah. Stay away from the babies.